What up, what up, what up, everyone? This is the Doctor of Football podcast. I'm Dennis Tien. I'm a real doctor, but we are not talking medicine. We are talking football, and especially, in particular, the New England Patriots, as always. I'm joined by the CEO of Hedge Better Technologies, LLC, Justin Fine. Justin, how are you doing tonight, my friend? I'm good, man. I'm good. We got a uh, an interesting Thursday night game going on. Recording a little later in the week than we normally do. My bad on that, but... Uh... Yeah, no, we're coming off of a nice Patriots win. I think we got a lot to uh, to talk about. An interesting game coming up. Have you recovered from that debacle last Monday night that we had the displeasure of attending together? You know what? That's one of those games that just hurts like extra. You know what I mean? Like, there's some losses that like you kind of accept it because you know, like, you know, look, they probably shouldn't have won that game or they weren't the better team. But like, I don't know, man, to lose at home and Monday night football to the freaking bears like that was just ah it was ugly it was ugly in every way shape or form um it was so ugly and like i was listening back to the last episode we did today which was on the day of the game before the patriots bears game and one thing that was really like funny is we were both 100 percent confident the patriots were going to win the game no matter who played quarterback that night and and just what a turn of events. That game just went south in a hurry for whatever reason. Um, I guess it's the classic old adage, any given Sunday. But that was a real shocker. That was a real shocker for me, um, for, for the Patriots at home to get crushed like that. And um, it really put them, I think, this week in a must-win situation. And let's be honest, the Patriots saved their season in, in the Meadowlands in, in MetLife Stadium last week, um, coming up with a win to get them back. The difference between four and four and three and five is light years, right? I mean, like if you're three and five, you're basically trending towards a top, you know, top 12-ish pick in the draft, a six and 11, five and 12 kind of year. I feel like if you're four and four, you're really right in this thing, especially this year with all the parody. And and I, I think they truly saved their season and kept themselves afloat for at least one more week. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, there was a lot of questions, I think, you know, surrounding the Jets in terms of like, look, they were five and two. They seem to look really good. But I know we personally had questions about Zach Wilson. I know I definitely did. Um, they had just lost Brees Hall uh, out for the year. They were missing Corey Davis, another big body receiver. Um, so And the tackle, the lineman or, that they drafted, who yeah. was one of their best players. Yep, exactly. And that was a big loss. Huge loss. So we got him at a good time. And uh, you know what? Ultimately, we did what I was still pretty confident, honestly, from the get-go, that we would be able to do when we played the Jets this year. And that was make Zach Wilson look like Zach Wilson. And I really do think that uh, – the writings of the wall here for the Jets. Like they're a team now that's a quarterback away. So I, I think they got to realize what's happening. Well, we're going to get into that. We have a great roster of topics as always. And we're going to talk about the Jets and you're a hundred percent right because, because they are, they, they, they are a great, a really good football team with a really, really, really bad quarterback that looks like a total flop. And I, I, I just, it's hard for me to see any, future where Zach Wilson all of a sudden figures it out but we'll, we'll get into that let's start by talking a little about the Patriots just the first topic I want to start with the elephant in the room of course is is the Mac Jones Bailey Zappi saga that continues to be 
just a huge part of like the daily lexicon in New England. Everybody's still talking about it. Everyone has their opinion on it, um, whether it's on social media, in person, on sports radio, on television, you know. We, we are in the middle of, of, a, of a full-blown quarterback controversy. And as I said on the podcast a few weeks ago, you have to be crazy if you think this is a good position to be in because it's not. Um, it's, it's a terrible thing to have a quarterback controversy. It means you have instability at the most important position in professional sports, quarterback. Patriots fans in particular are absolutely delusional about Bailey Zappi. Now, I understand why. Because Zappi pulls at our Brady heartstrings. We watched all of us firsthand the ascendancy of the GOAT, the greatest quarterback who ever played. His story is similar to Zappi, a mid-late round draft pick, comes out of nowhere, supplants an entrenched starter, and, and, and rides off into the NFL Valhalla, right? But that isn't usually how it works. And that's what I think most Patriots fans are missing. Not every mid-round draft pick quarterback who comes into the game and looks halfway decent against a pair of terrible defenses in the Browns and the Lions turns into the next franchise quarterbacks. Okay. Forget Tom Brady. The Patriots will be lucky if Bailey Zappi becomes Gardner Minshew or Tyler Henneke in the Redskins. Okay. Um, that's why, in my opinion, Justin, I think the Patriots did the right thing this week, not just by starting Mac Jones, but sticking with him and going all in to back him publicly from the players in the locker room to the coaches, including assistant coaches and the man Bill Belichick himself. Because like it or not, the Patriots are all in on Mac Jones. Pa- Mac Jones last year was one had one of the 10 best statistical seasons a rookie quarterback has ever had that's a fact okay yards touchdowns wins you name it he's top 10 you can't throw that away over four horrible games four horrible games i might point out where they have horrible offensive line play and we saw that again this weekend they have bad coaches on offense that are still learning what they're doing and they have bad wide receivers so yes um, the Patriots are developing a quarterback, and it is not always up, up, and away, especially under these kind of circumstances. And for those of us that remember, you know, Drew Bledsoe turned into a really good quarterback. He had some really rough patches early in his career, too. Okay, lots of good starting quarterbacks hit bad spots and bad patches early in their career. Other side of the coin, okay. There are many quarterbacks that have come in and had a great rookie year and then completely flamed out after that. I'm thinking of RG3 in Washington about a decade ago. And to be fair, Mac has looked really terrible this whole year. And my confidence in him, admittedly, is way down. But what's the Patriots' alternative, Justin? Go back to the draft and take a guy who's just as likely to be the next Zach Wilson or Mitchell Trubisky as even a halfway decent starting quarterback? Like it or not, The Patriots are all in on Mac Jones. And I personally think that they should continue to play him for the rest of this year as long as they can, if only to see what they have. What do you think, Justin? How are the what are the what should the Pats do with Mac and Zappy moving forward? And what will they do? Look, I I actually, you know, I don't hate that at all. I like the idea of 
backing Mac Jones, going all in, you know, supporting him and letting him, uh, you know, letting it be known that he's the starting quarterback moving forward. I, but I, I would have to have some sort of some sort of threshold, right? Like if I'm if I'm Bill, how long is my leash at this point? Like you saw what he did that Monday night in Chicago. Now, granted, he couldn't chalk it up to the fact that he, you know, he can always say, oh, he wasn't ready to come back from injury. But the leash, the leash was short, right? He pulled him after three drives. Um, you know, moving forward, we have some winnable games coming up. We have some games, games that we should definitely be competitive in. Um, you know, we're still in the hunt for a wild card spot in the AFC. You know, if Matt's not getting it done and he continues to, you know, look bad and not play up to the standards that we have. I mean, I, look, you're going to wonder, did we blow the opportunity to give somebody else and, you know, a shot that could have potentially ran with it? I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's obviously a tough decision. Uh, I don't hate the fact that we're going with Mac, but I, I just think, look, you have to, I, I, I in other words, I don't think we should, uh, we should ride Mac into the ground this year. Yes. I mean, you say, you say how long is the leash? Uh, I think the leash should be long. I think the leash needs to be long. Like you can't do what Belichick did on Monday night against the bears, which is, you know, he makes an awful pass. It was one of the worst passes I've ever seen, perhaps only eclipsed by what Zach Wilson ended up doing this week, right into that triple coverage interception that Mac Jones threw you. You have to let this guy make a few mistakes. He's going to make mistakes. I mean, that's pretty clear. Like, there is a lot of work that he needs to do. And quite honestly, there is a lot of work that this offense needs to do. Like, it's not all Mac that this looks like such a mess. A lot of it reflects negatively on him. But this team has deep-rooted issues on the offensive side of the ball. And I don't care who is playing quarterback. They're, 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 they're not going to get the best from that quarterback because there are too many problems on this team from the coaches to the line play to the lack of speed lack of skill position talent so he's going to make mistakes but you have to stick with him unless it gets really 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 bad moving forward and i think that means you know you give this guy about you know at least the next six or seven games as a starter and you see what happens and if he looks like he is not the guy or he falls apart and that is very damning you know the Patriots will have a real tough decision to make going into next year yeah definitely I mean in in look we've talked about or we've at least alluded to the fact that this year's draft class is supposed to be absolutely stacked with you know potentially for you know future franchise quarterbacks at least from what from what I've been hearing I can't say I've been following college too closely but that seems to be like the scouting report um It'd be interesting, you know what I mean? You if, if you have two guys, both of which you might not have the most confidence in that they could be the guy, do you go back to the draft and roll the dice a third time? Um, it, it'll be very interesting. But you know what? Hopefully, Mac... I mean, that'd be a terrible spot to be in, right? Yeah. Because, like, you know what? No matter what they say about these guys, they're, they're at best 50-50 bets. I mean, I think if you go through the last 20 years of, of quarterbacks taken in the first round, the hit rate's probably like 40%. <clears throat> I mean, they just haven't been... You're just as likely to get Zach Wilson, just as likely to get Mr. Trubisky as you are, as you are to get, you know, I don't know... Um, Pat Mahomes or Justin Herbert or even Tua Tagliabaloa, Frank. I mean, you, you know, like th these guys, at least half of them are complete flameouts. And then among the other half, okay, the ones that actually can play, you know, you got a few franchise guys, you got a few mediocre guys. You don't want to have to go back to the draft because because the other thing is 
you know, you, you refer to the, the the class of quarterbacks coming out this year, Justin. I mean, look, C.J. Stroud is a stud. He looks unbelievable at Ohio State. Guess what? So did Justin Fields. Justin Fields hasn't exactly had a great first two years in the NFL. He's no, he's starting to look better now. <clears throat> maybe he, maybe he will figure it out. But Justin Fields is hardly a sure thing. Almost a year and a half into his career, you know, Bryce Young in Alabama. He's six feet tall and, and, and 200 pounds. He's undersized. He's like almost like a Kyler Murray. Kyler Murray's had plenty of struggles in Arizona. They're not winning, even though he sometimes puts up big numbers. So it is not, it is not something this franchise wants to do, to go back to the drawing board on quarterback. You, if you're a Patriots fan, you want to be rooting for Mac Jones to just figure it out. Because otherwise, you're looking at a roll of the dice in best case scenario, three three-year rebuild, at least. Best case scenario. Yeah, I I mean we definitely I you know what look look, hopefully Mac Jones kind of runs away with it in in you know, he 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 takes this mounting pressure and he he uh puts it to good work, right? And he comes back out the next couple of games, uh, you know, has a strong showing and we kinda can put the argument to rest. I mean, you know, I'll I am I'm, I'm still not ruling that out, right? I think that's you know, just equally as likely as anything else. Yeah, I mean that that's what that's what we're hoping for, Justin. But but you know, like let's be honest too, other side of the coin. I mean, this year has been wildly disappointing for Mac. Like, like this has been bad. And it's 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 I mean, three touchdowns, seven interceptions, shaky across the board. I'm not saying it's all his fault, but you know, obviously my confidence meter on Mac is way down. But I think you just have to hope. I, I think back to Drew Bledsoe, you know, and this team won. Almost won a Super Bowl in 96. They won division title in 97. They made the playoffs in 98. They were a good team. Bledsoe was a top five slash top 10 quarterback during that time. He was awful at times in 95. He was awful at times in 94. He started slow as a rookie in 93. <laughs> My point being is that, you know, um, is that, is that, you know, let's just hope that Mac is in one of those patches. You know, but he's still developing something. At the end of the day, if Mac Jones became what Drew Bledsoe was, we'd be very we should be very happy with that you know yeah yeah absolutely even Bledsoe had huge rough patches as I guess my point is no I mean I mean definitely and I guess look the tough part is you know can you chalk it up to be in a rough patch or do you have to take a deeper look into it and that is probably going to at least cost us another year until we get an answer to that right so you just look at the the overall development of the team like the talent that we currently have in the roster um you know, it, it would just be a shame if uh, this year spends another, I mean, if this team spends another year or two kind of in that just, you know, that mediocre. Just, yeah, the, exactly. And I mean, Justin, there are franchises in the NFL that haven't had a franchise quarterback in 40 years. Yeah. Look at the Bears. 100%. Yeah. You know, it, it's, you draft one of these guys in the first round, you're committing to a three year investment in that guy. You're not going to cut bait unless they're really, really exceptionally terrible um, until at least the end of year three I, it is, is usually how it goes. So, you know, and if you swing and miss, which you have a 50, 60% chance of doing, all right, another three years, swing and miss again, another three years, swing and miss again. You know, it goes on and on. Next thing you know, it's been a decade. Look at Denver. Look at, look at the Redskins. You know, I mean, you know, these teams just, there are franchises that haven't had the guy ever. It, 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 they just they just can't figure it out. Yeah, and look, I guess as Patriots fans, we always hope that that wouldn't be us. Um, but it's a very real possibility, right? So 
Yeah, it's I mean, a very real possibility. Yeah, I mean, it, the next couple of games I think will be very telling. Um, I'm sure the bye week will be huge coming up. Um, just you know, a week off that ankle, get him extra healthy. Because uh, we we have a tough stretch of games coming up, um, you know the second because season. because you know uh, we're going to move on to the next another topic in a second. But the the the, the other thing I I really think Patriots fans need to realize is the very frightening possibility, and we're obviously kind of talking about this a lot. But like neither Zappy nor Mac is the guy. Like that yeah. that's realistic. Like I feel like people just assumed around here when Zappy came in and had a little bit of success that that he he could be the guy that replaced Mac and be a franchise guy. Like I look at Tyler Harnicky in Washington. I watched him play the last few weeks. He has his moments where he looks pretty good. He's not a franchise quarterback. The Redskins are never going to really compete for a Super Bowl with Taylor Heineke as, as, as their starting quarterback. But you know, he reminds me a lot of Zappy because he makes plays. He's scrappy. You know, he, 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 he sees the field. Well, I don't know. Zappy, I feel like they're similar players. And, and, like, look, Heineke wins games. I mean, the Redskins are 4-4 four and four right now. He's not a terrible quarterback. It's just, you know, you're stuck in limbo. You, you, never, you don't want that mediocre guy, that guy that's in the 15 to 20 range. It's like, you know, that means you're good enough to be 8-8, eight and 9-8, eight, 8-9, and, nine and eight, eight something like that. Um, ne- never, never really a true contender. Justin, um, what, one, looking back on Sunday – um, we're talking about Mac Jones and, and the future of him, big picture. Um, obviously, he's had a terrible start to the year. Do you agree that there were at least building blocks on Sunday? Like, I feel like even though there was some very bad plays, to say the least, and one very lucky bad play that could call back, I mean, I feel like that was, in a sense, probably the best he's kind of looked in very difficult circumstances the entire year. Yeah, he, he looked good. I mean, I, I you know, I say good. At times. It, he yeah. looked bad at times. But it, exactly. So I was going to say, he looked good, not great. Um, and there was definitely some some shaky moments. I mean, look, that that to me is my big issue, right? It's not that he's not, you know, blowing our socks off or, or throwing for 400 yards and four touchdowns a game. Like, it's that's not why I'm disappointed. It's because he has these, like, very shaky, questionable plays, questionable drives, questionable moments that really make you think and kind of, you know, it, it, it really negates a lot of the, so much, you know, quote unquote record setting things he's done or, you know, the nice plays that he, he may have made. Um, it, it, it's that type of stuff that really, I don't know, it, it, it lowers my confidence meter a little bit. But that being said, you know, he, he made some good plays as well, like you, uh, like you alluded to. Um, I feel like it's going to be so important for him to come out this Sunday and not turn the ball over. He's had an interception like eight straight games, right? So, like, I think that's the next step. Like, I feel like at times they look like a somewhat functional offense on on Sunday against the Jets, but but then you know there was those bad plays still, and and, and I think they were very lucky that the pick six got got taken back. Um, I feel like. I really want to see from him a game where he doesn't throw an interception. Yeah. And, and I think it's kind of a problem that we haven't seen that. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, look, I know, I know the, the two games Zappy, you know, started and played, um, you know, he played against poor defenses, but even when he came in against green Bay and those three games total, he only threw one pick and that wasn't even his fault. That was a hundred percent on uh, Aguilar. So, I mean, it, it, it is very possible for a Patriots quarterback in this system with these weapons to not turn the ball over 
So, yeah, it would definitely be nice to see Mac not, you know, go a game or two without throwing a pick. Okay. So we talk a lot about Mac already. Yeah. But let's talk about what else was wrong on Sunday. This offense, I mean, they scored 22 points, one touchdown, and, and five field goals. Zach Wilson handed them the game on a silver platter. They got the ball in Jets territory. I don't know how many times um, they could only score one touchdown. And at times it just felt like they were just kind of really squandering opportunity after opportunity. We know we've talked at nauseam about Mac. Um, I think he's only one piece of the puzzle. I don't even think he's, I think he's far from the biggest problem on this offense. I'll say that I'm a hundred percent. Standing by that take, this offense has way bigger problems than Mac Jones for all his struggles. What else is wrong, Justin, with this offense? What jumps off the page at you? I mean, I think the the one thing that we've been saying consistently, right, dating back to last year, this offseason, uh, they don't have a go to playmaker, right? They have a bunch of right. they have a bunch of B and C receivers that are you know are pretty good. Like I like maybe more like C, but go, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, look, I like uh, I. Like born, I, 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 you know, I, I've liked him since day one. I know he's kind of had his, some issues getting in the field. Uh, Jacoby Myers, I think, is kind of be- like becoming that, like, you know, that underdog Patriots uh, receiver that we always tend to kind of have in the roster. Um, Devontae Parker is, has been okay, you know, as of late, but like, I, I would agree more so. Let's call it like a CC plus situation, right? We don't have that that go to guy. Um, yeah, I mean, look, I love, I love Jacoby Myers. He's a scrappy, tough little player, Yeah, but if he's your go-to guy, you're screwed. And, 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 and I don't think beyond him, I'm not sure there's anyone on this offense that I think is even like reliable as a target for your young quarterback. And, you know, like, I mean, look, Aguiar is super inconsistent and fumbles and drops the ball constantly. I, I don't think you even want him out there unless you really need him out there at this point. I mean, I like Kendrick Bourne. He showed promise last year, but um, I'd have a hard time calling him anything more than a number three wide receiver now, because it just hasn't happened this season for whatever reason. Uh, Devonta Parker looks like he's past his prime. I don't think he has nothing left in the tank, but he's, he's, He's certainly not a number one receiver that we hoped he would be. He's not a number two receiver, I think. He's more like a three himself. And and the tight ends are inconsistent. So you're right. That's a that's a huge issue that has been ongoing for two years. The, the receiver room is so part. You know, you look at the Jets and, I mean, God, Garrett Wilson is terrific, right? That's exactly what the Patriots need. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Um I mean, look, their offensive line play, well, it hasn't been bad. It's been inconsistent at times, right? Um, it's been terrible. It was terrible on Sunday, though. Yeah. Yeah. It hasn't always been bad, but that was bad blocking. That was terrible. Back, I mean, I mean, come on. You, you see some of those, like, cl- clips making the round on social media of like, some of the blocking on Sunday? No, I didn't, but, I mean, I, I, mean, I can only imagine. Turnstiles. <laughs> Turnstiles, right? I mean, a- absolute turnstiles. It, it, I think I think Marcus Cannon gave up like five pressures alone on Sunday and, and two penalties. It's like whoever they put at that right tackle, it's a gaping hole in this offense. Yeah, it, 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 and they, they've struggled with that, um, you know. So you said the receivers are a C plus or a C. Give, what, what grade is their offensive line? I'd give their offensive line like a – I don't know. Overall, I would say maybe like a, like a B minus. Oh, 
I mean, I'll look, huh? I, 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 I'm going D. I'm going D, D plus. D, D, D plus. Yeah, Justin. I mean, look, I don't like. They've definitely been inconsistent, but they haven't been awful at times. They've had games where they flashed. I mean, so you know, I, I look at it and I say, I mean, look, this is this is a line with potential. They've shown that they can go out there uh, and play, but they're just inconsistent with it. I mean, you have a young quarterback coming back from injury last week, and and Trent Brown gets penalties on the first three drives, right? It's like that's the kind of things you see from them consistently. They stat went around. They're like fifth in the league in offensive line penalties. They're giving up, I think, second in the league in in terms of pressures. Like, I I looked at that game Sunday. Mac on many plays did not have a chance to even make – a play to even get to a read to even make a read it was bad protection and i think if you look at the totality of the eight games so far short of detroit which we know is a is just not a real nfl defense and the browns who didn't look very well and and i think have some pretty significant defensive issues last week notwithstanding of their own um you know this offensive line has been shaky shaky all year long like oh you can't i don't think you cut anything even the run blocking isn't that good where's the running game yeah I, I, look i i agree it, it definitely hasn't been up to uh up to par i mean it's you know we're getting to that point now though i think where we typically start to see uh the improvement right i think like right around this time of year around like thanksgiving Heading into December is like where we really see what what the O line's made out of, and typically, you know, we've seen it get better through through the season up until you know this point, and to, you know, at times it's even peaked at the end of the year and in the playoffs. So, do you think we're heading in that direction, or do you think we're going to be struggling? I, I think we're going to be struggling, and I'm going to tell you why. Because I have no confidence in their tackles, <clears throat> either one of them, or either any of the three of them. I mean, you know, Trent Brown is, is at times looks like a good tackle at times he's wildly inconsistent and he, i feel like he, he still gives up a lot of um bad plays <clears throat> um the right tackle position is, is a is a big problem marcus cannon uh you know he looked good at first he was terrible last week isaiah win we know his struggles you know we've talked about that a lot i mean i don't know if they have the pieces in place to develop you know, maybe Yadni Kajus is going to come in and take one of those spots. I mean, that would be an absolutely huge development. But short of that, I mean, I think they're going to have problems protecting all year. I'm having nightmares of uh, Bradley Chubb uh, taking Mac Jones's head off in a game in January. Yeah. Um, again, that's going to be another thing that we got to keep our eye on. I mean, obviously, uh, with the way they're playing now, this team isn't going to go too far. So. What about the coaching, Justin? So give a grade to the coaching. We graded the receivers. We gave grades to the line. What, what was your grade of the offensive coaching? Look, I think the coach – if we were just doing the last couple games, I think it would be a lot higher than the overall grade oh, for the season, right? I agree. You know what I mean? I think they, they're they one of the actual uh, spots that we identified as a weak point. That was a true weak point uh, that's shown some decent growth and in, in, in improvement over, over the course of the season. Far from perfect, right? Um, but I definitely think they've gotten better and I can't really say that the play calling, uh, is the, you know, has, has cost us any, any recent games. So uh, overall in the season, I'm going to say maybe, 
I don't know, maybe a C just because I think the beginning of the year was so bad. But last yeah, I mean, they, they move they move from an F to a C minus. I mean, that that's C C minus. That's what I would say. Yeah, it's not it's, exemplary yeah. coaching. I still think it's a huge downgrade from the offensive coaching last year. It's just it's just not a total clown show like it was um, like it was back in training camp or early in the season. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, um, yeah, it, 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 I look. I think Patricia's a smart guy. Whether he's the perfect fit or not, I think he's gonna figure it out. Um, I think we have to trust Bill enough to 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 trust that you know we're not gonna be if if you know if anything we're not gonna lose because we're an incompetent team. And I you know while there's growing pains just like with other areas of the game, like I think hopefully we're starting to get that stuff under control. All right, let's talk a little about Ramondre Stevenson, Justin. Uh, Ramondre, I mean, you heard a lot of buzz this week about Stevenson. Um, you know, certainly he's a good running back. I, I was a little surprised at, at just, I mean, it feels like people are putting him really up there, up there with the tip top of the league. And I'm not sure I'm quite there yet. He had a great game against the Jets. Don't get me wrong. I don't, they don't win that game without some of the things he did. He's definitely developing. Is it possible for a running back to be a difference maker in the NFL in 2022 still? And if so, can Ramondre Stevenson be that kind of back? I mean, if if we had, you know, if if there was a chance, because uh, look, we know that the Patriots and Bell and Bill Belichick like using a committee, right? Um, that's that's just kind of how they've typically rolled, at least as of late. But if there was a back that had a chance to kind of be in every down back and take that like quote unquote bell cow row, a bell cow role. I think that's Ramondre Stevenson. Like this guy is, he's tough to bring down. He runs super hard. Like he always seems like he's getting extra yards after contact, always, you know, crawling and, and getting another yard or two before he goes down, whatever it may be. Um, he's shown he can be a good receiving back. He's shown he can handle the majority of the workload and the snaps. Um, and I think most importantly in my eyes, and I don't want to jinx it, but the only real questions we had to start his Patriots career was his his ball security, right? Remember, he had a couple costly fumbles to start his rookie campaign, and he's been great in that sense, right? He's been he's been a very secure running back, very reliable. Um, I I love Ramondre. I, I I think you know I wouldn't be surprised to see him play more and more of a bell cow role, especially if Damian Harris um, is gone next year. Yeah, I mean, I just, I guess I just wonder is like, is, is having the best running back, like having the best VCR or having the best landline phone? You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, even if Stevenson is a top three back, you look across the league, you know, 20, 30 years ago, the best teams had the best running backs. I mean, the best running backs won right. games. You, Emmett Smith, you know, Thurman Thomas, Barry Sanders, um, you know, I could go on and on. You know, it doesn't feel like that anymore. I mean, who are the best running backs in the NFL now? Like Nick Chubbs, you know, Cleveland Sox. Uh, you know, you know, you. I don't know who else. You go go through the list. Jonathan Taylor, Indianapolis is terrible. Austin Eckler, the Chargers are mediocre. Um, it doesn't feel anymore like the franchise running back really translates into difference making. Um, so it's good that we have a back like Stevenson. I, I mean, I I'm impressed with him. I think that. He's he, he he clearly brings a lot to the table. I just um, 
I, I just hope it matters. I hope it matters because that might be the best thing they have going for them right now is that they do have Ramondre Stevenson and Damian Harris. They have two great running backs, and 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 that really might be there the only thing you can they can really count on in this offense right now. Yeah, and I think the coaching staff has proven that they want to be a run first balance offense. Like they want to be a ground and pound smash mouth football team. Right. Like that you know no what doubt. I mean? So um that's I'm not sure I agree with that approach, by the way, but that is clearly what they want to be. I, I, I would agree with that statement too. I don't I, I would like to see uh us be a little bit more of a high flying offense like the rest of the league and successful offenses. But I mean look, the year we went into Kansas City and beat the Chiefs and then um you know won the Super Bowl, like we were a ground and pound offense. Like that's what right. we did. We well look, Bel- Belichick wants to zig when everyone else is zagging. Everyone's drafting right. two hundred and thirty pound linebackers, so so he, he goes out and gets big running backs that can power run. Yeah. I get it. And he's, and he's also playing to his strengths because he doesn't have a developed franchise quarterback, but you know, I still, I still don't know if that approach is really going to win games in 2022's NFL. No, I mean, look, our, our O line isn't nearly what that, the O line of those, you know, super Bowl, super bowl teams were, and obviously we don't have Tom Brady. Right. So right. no, it's definitely not going to be as effective, but I mean, they've shown that that's something they want to at least try to commit to or, or utilize as much as possible. So, I mean, hopefully we have the backs to do it. Um, and, and, you know, hopefully it also works to max advantage and take some of the pressure off of him. But again, it all comes back down to the line and how well they're able to, uh, to hold up up front. Thinking about the game on Sunday against the Jets, Justin, um, you know, it, it really felt like a, like it was like a, um, a good old fashioned suck off, right? Like who sucked more, right? Between each offense and, and who could hand the game away more from each offense. What happens if Zach Wilson doesn't make two of the worst throws I've ever seen? What, what are we saying today? Patriots, if the Patriots lose that game, and do the Patriots lose that game if he doesn't make those two throws? And what are we saying if they do? I mean, you could also you could add in a third play, the uh, like we mentioned earlier, uh, the the pick six. Yeah, the pick six that was called back from Max. I mean, really, right. we have we have three big plays uh, that could have changed. Is there any higher. chance the Patriots come back from a seventeen to three halftime deficit? If, if if that play stands. I mean, look, the way that our defense is able to make uh, – what's his name? Uh, Wilson, you know, shaking his boots and just completely lose composure. I That's the only reason I would say maybe. But, uh, no, I mean, it, probably not likely – like not likely at all. Um, so – I, uh, you know what, it's, it's one of those, we got fortunate. I can think of plenty of times in, in plenty of recent games where, you know, some of those balls, some of those calls didn't go our way. Um, and you could point to that being, you know, the reason why we lost. So, you know, you can chalk it up and say that, Hey, it, it was our day out the other day. You know, the, the, the 50, 50 plays went in our favor, but it is always concerning, right? Uh, well, well the, the Mac interception was, was a lucky break. I mean, it was, it was the right call first of all, but he didn't have to hit Mac. The ball was released. Yeah. So it was stupid. Um, but, but, um, you know, that notwithstanding, you know, the other thing, the, the, the Zach Wilson thing, I mean, that's not 50, 50 plays the, the, those, those are two of the worst passes I've ever seen. You know, do the Patriots play good defense. Yeah. Did they force him out of the pocket. Yeah. Did they put pressure on him? Yeah. An NFL quarterback is supposed to be able to handle pressure and better than that. And he had ample opportunity 
in both cases to throw um, to throw that ball away, and he chose to do something insanely stupid and put both balls into the into the field of play, which I just can't figure out. Um, if he doesn't make those two throws, I mean, do they win that game? I don't, I don't think they do. And I think the narrative becomes, oh well, you know, Mac Mac got the ball, Mac Mac couldn't deliver in the second half. Yeah, uh, that that really would have been the ultimate test at that point, right? Put Mac, you know, pedal to the metal down a couple scores in the, in, in the second half um, with the pressure on, knowing that, you know, the zappy chance and the headlines are coming if they don't win that game. Um, so, yeah, it, it, it definitely would have been an interesting situation. You know what? Fortunate, fortunately enough, like we said, the, 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 those plays and the calls went our way. Our defense really stepped up, and, and Mac didn't have to um, – put on a wow, a wow of a performance. Um, it, but you know what? I mean, that's what you're kind of looking for out of, you know, a, a complete football team, right? You you want to have guys in, in areas of the team that can step up and take over and win you a game when, you know, somebody were, somebody or some aspect of your team that you were relying on, you know, isn't, isn't coming through. So, um, look, I mean, hey, I'm not going to complain. Got us to 500 uh, and a much-needed win and a little momentum going into a really big game. Uh, against the Colts. So, what happens, Justin? Is there any chance that this is Zach Wilson's last year as the starter in New York? I, I mean, look, just just as a like, as what a, are they going to do? They're, they're in a tough spot. Well, look, as a Patriots fan, I hope they friggin' resign him and keep him there in New York for life because I will feast on him for the next decade. I, I think he's awful. Um, I, I really, I really don't know what all the hype was about him. I don't know, you know, maybe he's a practice hero or, you know, a training camp superstar, maybe, but I've seen nothing in, in, you know, his two years in the NFL to show that he's, he's anything more than a, a struggling, potentially backup worthy quarterback. Like, I think he's that bad. Um, he, he is that bad and he's looked that bad. Like people sometimes will say, Oh, you know, Brett Favre and, you know, his, his, his talent. I hear people compare to Brett Favre. Excuse me. Brett Favre made plays from the second he stepped on the field. He made some bad plays like Zach Wilson did on Sunday. He made a lot of great plays. You could see right from the beginning, Brett Favre was going to be a good quarterback. This guy is nothing like that. No. He is an absolute airhead, and he doesn't play the position that well when he when he doesn't make any plays. Um, it's, it, it's hard for me to see a scenario were the Jets going to him 2023 with him as the starter. That's a good football team. They have good players up and down the roster, a great defense. They have good skill position players, Justin. Corey Davis, who didn't play Sunday. Garrett Wilson looks like a star in the making. Breeze Hall, okay, is a star. If he come, Hopefully he'll come back and be full strength next year. Um, there is plenty of talent on that team for a quarterback to work with. Zach Wilson is not the guy to do it. I don't see any way when he's this bad that, and he has not shown really, like we talk about Mac, Mac showed a lot last year and four starts this year. He's been a disaster. <clears throat> he showed a lot last year. Um, and the circumstances have been against him this year for Mac, for Zach Wilson, the circumstances down there are good this year. He's never shown anything. He didn't show anything last year. Now he's got a good team around him. He still isn't doing it. I think, I think, I'm hard pressed to see him as the starter in New York in 2023. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, 
you know, if you're the Jets, that's going to put you in a really kind of, you know, humbling situation is you're now going to have to acknowledge that you've blown two top two picks on on quarterbacks, both guys that, you know, you invested a lot of time and draft capital in. Um, in both, of You could include Geno Smith in that, too. He was a second-round pick. Yeah, all right, yeah, there you go. Include Geno Smith in it. And at that point, you know what? Look, it's going to be one of those things where the, the best thing for the franchise is for them to kind of eat a slice of humble pie, acknowledge that they blew those two picks. Neither of those guys were the guy, but they've built a good team that's a quarterback away, and they're going to go find the right guy. Um, I, I think that's their best move. I, I think you got the one thing. The one thing I hope and pray, I hope and pray they don't have the cap room to get Lamar Jackson. Cause, cause you put Lamar in this division on that team and, and the Patriots would be clear number four at that point. Oh yeah. I mean, we, we could probably kiss the next four or five years. Goodbye. You know what yep, I mean? No it, doubt. So, no doubt. so yeah, no, uh, that, that would be, that would be devastating. I mean, look, a lot of the Jets' talent is is young, still on rookie deals. Um, so yep. hey, you, you never. They've drafted know. well. They've drafted well. They've drafted Solid. very well, and I think I think they had they, without question, found the right guy in Silo. That was a guy that I loved. Yeah, as the defensive coordinator in San Francisco, he was wildly successful. He's a players' coach. Um, he just seemed to have that right kind of uh, balance of like leadership, energy, like kind of a modern attitude to coaching. Um, I, I think he's been great over there. So and and don't forget he's Lebanese. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, our, our Middle Eastern brother over there. Yeah, holding it. Yeah, down. exactly. Our Lebanese cousin. Yeah. Okay, um, Justin. So we're talking about the Jets. What happens to that Jets team now? Um, they're five and three, five and two going into the game Sunday. Um, statistically, and I heard some statistics about this going into the game. They were statistically one of the luckiest teams in the NFL in terms oh, yeah. of like getting breaks and. They, they, they got a lot of breaks in a lot of close games. They had a favorable schedule. Still, they were 5-2. and two. Uh, If the season ended today, they'd be in the playoffs. What becomes of that Jets team in the second half of the year? We see them again, by the way, in two weeks, three weeks. Yeah, so I'm not sure who they have uh, in between. But, I mean, I think the Bills going to go in and, uh, you know, beat the pants out of them this weekend. They'll be 5 and four right and then i don't yep. know what they got the week after that but i think we beat them again here in foxborough so the, the the jets could very quickly be the team that could have been um come come december uh this is a team that like you know they got a tough road ahead of them um i believe have they even played miami yet do they still have do they still have miami twice coming up i, I don't i think they might have played them once already Okay. All right. So they, they yeah, have them at least they got them at least one more time. So I mean look, they got they're gonna have the Bills twice. They got they got us again, they got Miami again. Um yeah, this this is a team that's gonna uh that I, I, I look, I think they're gonna be in trouble, especially with Zach Wilson. If this team made the switch to Joe Flacco, I would actually be way more afraid of them and give them a much better chance of uh of keeping here the are their next load. here are their next five games. Um they got Bills, then Patriots <clears throat> on the twentieth. They get the bye week, the same week the Pats do on the thirteenth. Okay. Then the Patriots, then the Bears, then at the Vikings, Bills, Lions, um, on December eighteenth. Then they got the Jaguars on Thursday night. That'll be a doozy. Um, Seahawks in Seattle, and they close out with the Dolphins in Miami. So there's a couple tough games, and there are a couple winnable games. Uh, it looks to me like, would you say that the 
you get the call right now. The Jets make the playoffs, yes or no? I uh, no. I'm gonna say the Jets don't make the playoffs. Uh, I, I think yeah. Actually, I don't know. That's tough. The only way, like, I could see them being one of those teams that like goes under 500 the second half of the season, but maybe because they started five and two, they like get that final wild card spot. Um, it just depends because look, they have some easy games, and that's or should what you know could and should be easy games on those schedules. Uh, you know they they got Jacksonville, they got the Lions, they have the Bears. Like those are all games that should be winnable for the Jets. Um, but all three of those teams have also shown to be very tricky at times too, right? And again, we're gonna have to see like what is the identity of this Jets team moving forward? Uh, they lost their big body receiver for the next couple weeks. Um, they lost that, like the, the stud offensive lineman, they lost their stud running back. Like they lost layers that made them a dynamic, uh, you know, a dynamic offense. And Zach Wilson is looking the worst he has all year. So, you know, the Jets might be in some trouble just from a pure, um, I, you know, just a pure personnel standpoint. Well, look, they got Buffalo twice. They got Miami and Miami once. They they got they got at Seattle. I mean, they've they've got they've got some tough games. I, I don't think that team makes the playoffs. I, I I think that I think they were lucky. I think they'll be a respectable team. That was one of my predictions early in the year. The Jets will be respectable, and I think they will be. But I think I think when it's all said and done, you're looking at seven or eight eight wins. And I think just on the outside looking in, um, give them a quarterback, and, and they're and they're a legit team. Um, who has a better chance to make the playoffs, though? Patriots or Jets? Uh, Patriots, I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think they have a better chance uh, for sure. Um, so, yeah, I think the Pats, you know, I'm not saying the Pats will make it, but let's not forget how wide open the AFC is either. Um, okay, Justin, <clears throat> let's um, let's talk a little bit about the opponent this week for the Colts. Um, you know, first of all, when I listened to the podcast from last Monday, as I alluded to, one thing we were both 100% sure of is the Patriots were going to win that game. There was no way the Patriots could lose to the Bears at home on a Monday night. We all saw what happened. Is there any way the Colts, I mean, I know there's some way. What's the likelihood the Colts come into Foxborough with Sam Ellinger as their quarterback and, 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 and walk out with a W? I don't have an exact number, but I can say, unfortunately, it's higher than it should be. Um, yes. <laughs> there you, you know, so look, Sam Ellinger is capable of doing exactly what the Bears did to make you look silly in on, on Monday Night Football in Gillette. OK, uh, Sam Ellinger, he's known for uh, being a mobile quarterback. He easily can can take off and scramble. He can bootleg. Um, the Patriots have a very tough time with for some reason. Extremely tough time with it. Um, and again, that's which that's how Justin Fields killed us. And he's competent enough that he can, you know, he can do what Justin Fields did and all, you know, just hit these simple little slant routes, simple little um, you know, drag routes over the middle. That's really all he did. He did not uh Justin Fields did not have to do anything special to beat us. He just had to be mobile with it and uh, you know, take care of the ball. And that's something that Ellinger's capable of doing. Um, look, this is a team that has, you know, Jonathan, Jonathan Taylor's looking like he might be out. Um, he missed another uh, practice today. So the Patriots could catch a break there. They also just traded away Naheem Hines. So that backfield, um, you know, could be a little banged up. Um, look, I think the Patriots should take care of business, but this is a team that has uh, still some weapons, 
Um, they have a good defense and anything can really happen as we've seen. Yeah, I think I think we're at the point in the history of this franchise where we are right now for the Patriots, where no win can be truly counted on. And I think that's all even when you were at the height of the dynasty and Brady, you know, you could never 100 percent count on a win. Sometimes it felt like that when Brady was at his peak. But I certainly think right now, you know, with this team and what they've shown us that, 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 that there is, there is nothing for granted. And that, you know, if the Patriots have a good chance of winning on Sunday, maybe it's 60, 40, maybe it's 55, 45. It's not 90, 10, like it used to be, you know, we got to get rid of thinking of things like that. And you know what, one thing, Justin, that's really interesting is the Patriots have played very poorly at home in the Mac Jones era for, for whatever reason. And I don't know why it is, but you know, it's, it's, it added all up and, it's not inconceivable that, that Indianapolis comes in here and, and beats his team. I mean, if Justin Fields did what he did um, last Monday night, there's no reason why Sam Ellinger can't do the same um, with a team that's, quite frankly, a, a much better team, um, Sam, quarterback notwithstanding. Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, look, that's a team, like we said, they can do the same thing on offense. They have some good weapons, and that's a better defense than Chicago. So, uh, yeah, I don't put anything past them. Um, the one thing that I'm hoping we have an advantage in is obviously, you know, per usual, the coach. And I'm hoping that Bill Belichick um, can, you know, really keep things in check. I mean, I, I know last year when we played the Colts, they absolutely throttled us. Um, but that was in Indy, and they had a healthy Jonathan Taylor. Um, so, you know, neither of those things are the same this time around. I'm hoping we can get it done. I think we will. But even in that game, Justin, you know, the Patriots were cut it to a three-point game and, and had a chance to win, and their defense blew it at the end. So it's only they got, they got off to a fast start, but it wasn't like it was a total, you know, abomination either. No, You know yeah. what? All right. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, you're right. I do remember that. I believe, was it, did, did Mac throw a pick at the end of that game that kind of like sealed the deal or, or something? No, they gave, no, Mac threw two touchdowns late in that game and they gave up like a 70 yard run to Jonathan Taylor huh. trying to get the ball back. They had, all they had to do was stop Indy to get the ball back with like two minutes and a half left for gotcha. Mac. Mac got really hot in the second half of that game. And, um, and they they ended up giving like a seventy yard run to Jonathan Taylor, which sealed the deal. Okay, all right. Mac threw a pick in the first two picks in the first half of that game. Okay, all right. Let's talk a little bit about some stuff around the league, Justin. I, I got to go to Tampa Bay, where um, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers look absolutely just awful, and Brady looks completely um, feckless right now. He just looks like he doesn't want to be there. <clears throat> um, I guess my question is. You know, I've heard a lot of buzz the last week or two about, you know, Brady doesn't want to be in Tampa Bay. He wants to go Miami. He wants to go to San Francisco. Um, he wants to go here. He wants to go there. He wants out of Tampa Bay. Are franchises going still to 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 give up and, and to make an investment in 46-year-old Tom Brady based on what we've seen this year? Because I know Brady hasn't been terrible, but I don't think he's been the same. Yeah, I think he's I, definitely fine. I, I I think they will look just 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 to have the name, you know what I mean. At this point, I mean, I, I don't even. I think Tom could continue to decline, and you know, some franchise will will bring him in on a two year deal with a third year option, just to say that they had the greatest quarterback of all time playing and sell jerseys and fill seats 
Um, and look, let's be honest, Tom Brady, even with the healthy decline, is still better than a lot of the quarterbacks we're seeing in the NFL right now. Um, so I mean, well, let yeah. me give you let me give you one that I think is really interesting, right? Okay. We all know that Brady flirted with the Miami Dolphins this year, right? Two Tagli Valoa, we both thought very low of him coming into this year. <laughs> He's had a terrific year, by the way. A great case study in why you don't want to give up on Mac because two had some moments last year where he looked like absolute garbage. And now look what he's doing when you surround him with good coaching and good weapons. But if you're the Miami Dolphins, are you going to give up on Tua to bring in a 46 year old Tom Brady? If Tua has the kind of year in the last nine games, like he had in the first eight games, like I think it's gonna be really hard. Just I would, I would I'd give up on Tua. If I was Miami at this point, I think I'd rather roll with Tua than a 46-year-old Brady. You know what? It, it, that's a tough call. I think at this point, I, I slightly, you know, I, I, I slightly agree with you that I would tend to lean Tua um, over, like you said, a 46-year-old Tom Brady. But I mean, look, it it would be very close, and I think a lot of it depends on. Um, the second half of the year and the playoffs for Tua. If the are the Dolphins even able to make the playoffs? Um, they're not a lock to right. make it by any means, right? And if they do make it, you know, how does he perform in his first playoff game? Are they does he look competitive? Is this do they make a small run? Um, I mean, look, the first half of his year was very complicated. He had some moments where he looked great, but he also missed a bunch of games due to injury. Um, you know, he had a, he, he had a couple games, uh, you know, that were just kind of just mediocre. So, I mean, look, you, you know, he's really had two explosive games all year. Well, right? that, that's just it. You stole the words right from my mouth. Exactly. And I don't mean to, to denigrate him, but he, he, he really lit up two of the worst past defenses in the league. Right. Detroit and Baltimore. Right. And so, and, and, and so look, I mean, yeah, his, his stats are a little bit um, – inflated and not to mention the fact that like we said you know he missed time with injury so yeah i think it's a big second half of the year in 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 playoff run for tua and if he's able to uh to you know perform perform well in the second half of the year with like i think he's going to you know he's looked pretty decent the last couple games to be honest so um yeah if he's able to uh to put on a good performance second half of the year bring him to the playoffs maybe win a game or two or at least be competitive and have a good showing I think you got to stick with them and roll with them. I mean, look, I mean, that being said, you know, you never know who's willing to come into town, right? And now Lamar Jackson, that's been another rumor to go down there too, right? He's from the Miami area. Um, he's probably going to be a free agent, right? So uh, who knows? I think I'd probably take Lamar Jackson over to him. Um, but yeah, I, that'll be an interesting thing to watch. But again, like I said, a lot, a lot will be decided in the second half of the season. I'd probably take Lamar Jackson over Tua too. I mean, if I'm Miami... I, I and I had the cap room. I have no idea if they do or they don't. Like I would have no, <clears throat> no reservation about bringing in Lamar Jackson and walking away from Tua because I think Jackson is that much better than Tua. That said, I don't think I'd give up on Tua for Brady if I was Miami. And I, and I'm you know Brady's the greatest quarterback ever. I have a hard time giving up a borderline top 10, 12 quarterback or a guy that plays like that this year for a forty six year old quarterback. That's clearly, I think, at this point, at least somewhat in the decline. Now, Brady might be able to do it next year in a better situation. I don't know. They've looked pathetic this year, and Brady hasn't looked good. And and look, the guy's 46 years old. I mean, he's not like he's 39. You know what I mean? It's like he's 46 years old. At some point, it's going to fall apart. When you see the kind of concerning signs from him, 
that you see this year and things starting to feel like they're on the decline and him not being able to overcome. When has Tom Brady ever been three and five, Justin? Never. Because no matter how bad the team is out there with him, right? If you've got Tom Brady on your squad, you're winning nine or 10 games just by default. Well, clearly that's not going to happen this year. I mean, Tampa might win seven, eight games because the division's terrible, but clearly, you know, the, the, the Brady automatic division title, automatic contending team, just because you have him as your quarterback, doesn't feel like that's the case anymore. Some of that has to be because Brady's declined, I would think, at, at 46 years old. I mean, it's just easy to imagine. Yeah, I mean, look, the, his team has also, you know, struggled a little bit. Um, his wide receivers have, have, have been oh, all yeah. banged up. You know what I mean? He hasn't really had time to gel with anybody. He's it's his first year without Gronkowski and Cameron Brait went down. Um, he's had some some shifting and some health problems at the offensive line. Um, and on top of that, he's going through uh, a high profile divorce. Right. So like this is this is definitely Tom's toughest year, like by far. Like this is probably the biggest challenge like he's gone through. Um and I wonder, you know, how much of it is, you know, a decline in his play or his, you know, his 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 physical um, health, uh, and how much of it is just a a complicated, extremely complicated first half of the year, both on and off the field for not only him but his team. Um, it can be both, though. It can be both, and I think it is both. And and you know, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, look, if if, if Tua was absolutely sucking. And, and he was just looked like he was, you know, a bottom five, bottom 10 starter. <laughs> then you do it. But I, I think it's really hard to give up on a, a guy that's playing as well as Tua at this point in his career for, for a guy that's 46 years old. Just my personal opinion. Yeah, I would agree. Um, okay. So let's, uh, let's move on now just quickly the NFC South, the, the division the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are in. Who wins that division, Justin? That, that could be a situation where you have a sub 500 team winning a division this happened a few years ago seattle won nfc yeah. west seven and nine um who wins that division i i mean i want to say i want to say the buccaneers and i'm gonna i'm going to say that just because i look i think the saints at this point they've dug themselves too deep a hole and i don't know if andy dalton is the guy to dig you out of it even if you are a respectable team the rest of the way i i think they 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 may have played themselves out of it at least winning the division um the fact the falcons are in first place right now but the falcons like they will do everything in their power to blow it like they there's no there's no way that's a team that takes the opportunity and runs with it. And so I do think that uh, the Bucks, you know, I think they get healthier. I think they get better the second half of the season. Um, and I, I just got a sneaky suspicion they're going to they're gonna come away with the division. I like the Falcons. I like the Falcons as well. Um, you said the Falcons, Justin? I'm sorry. I know. I th- I think the Bucks are going to come back and win. You said the Bucks. Yeah. I look to me. I think the Falcons have shown they're one of those teams that they can win or lose any given game, and they'll also shoot themselves in the foot. They just lost their their best uh, defensive player, their shutdown cornerback AJ Terrell. I mean, I don't know how long he's going to be out, but he's dealing with a ham- uh, hamstring issue. Um, I yeah. I, I think the Bucks are just going to get healthier and better the second half of the year. But you know. I would love to see like 
Carolina or Atlanta win that division, though. You know, like it would be it would be such a like just a funny thing where Carolina basically sold on the on the season and and somehow they walk away with the division or Atlanta, who many people, myself included, thought was going to be the worst team in the NFL, somehow walk away with the division. And don't forget in the preseason episode, I picked that the two worst teams in the league were going to be Seattle and Atlanta. And both those teams, I think, are in first place in their division right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's absolutely crazy. And Car- to think that if Carolina just made their extra point or even their field goal in overtime, they would have been the first place team in that division after that's right. trading away Christian McCaffrey, losing, like, you know, playing PJ friggin' Walker. Um, Baker Mayfield disaster. Yeah, firing their head coach, like, that, Firing you know, their head coach. That, yeah, that division is 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 in shambles. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I hey, listen, say what you will about PJ Walker, but what an absolute dime that oh. sixteen yard pass was! Like, wow, beautiful, beautiful. But you know <laughs> what? It, it just just like DJ Moore made the big play to to almost win the game. He did something equally as stupid to ultimately losing the game. You know what I mean? Taking totally. that helmet off. Um, yeah, that's just, that. That's just the type of mistake that you know. It's, oh, it, you know, it, it it kills you. And if you're the Panthers, um, you know, I I think that's just a good microcosm of your season so far. Justin, what do you think about um, the NFL trade deadline? Who who won the trade deadline? And um, and and what do you think about the arms race that apparently happened in the AFC, uh, which the Patriots did not participate in, by the way. No, I mean, honestly, first off, with the respect to the trade deadline, I just want to say that there's a lot of guys that I thought were going to be in the move that I was hoping were going to be in the move um, that weren't, right? It it seemed to me like it was just basically uh, Miami getting after it and a, and a couple other guys moving around here and there. Um, but, I, I mean, look, my, I think Miami did come away uh, a winner, um, in the sense that, you know, Bradley, they absolutely did. They you know, absolutely did. You know what I mean? I, I think Bradley Chubb is going to be good for that team. Um, and it's a terrible matchup for the Patriots, too, because the Patriots tackles both suck. And Bradley yeah. Chubb is a great defensive man. So that, that, that's, that's a tough, tough acquisition. Yeah. For yeah look, the, 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 the downside of that is now, you, you know, your two backs, you know, Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson are both, um, are both guys that have, been injury prone throughout their career and have had a hard time staying in the field. So, you know, you've, you, you've put yourself at a little bit of risk um, from that standpoint, but I mean, overall, look, they're, they are both two talented backs. Um, you brought in a great defensive player uh, to hopefully make an impact. So yeah, I, I think they won. Can I tell you who I think won, won the trade deadline? And I don't know what, you know, and it wasn't even through a trade, but the Buffalo bills. Okay. Are getting Tredavious right back this week. Now, look, that's a the, the Bills have been the best team in the NFL, I think, through the midway point. And now they're getting back and not just a Pro Bowl, but an all pro caliber cornerback. Like that, that that's a hugely impactful addition, you know. So they got Naheem Hines. That's 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 some depth to the running back and another playmaker. Great. But getting Tredavious White, that's the the best player, I think. Maybe Bradley Schaub, I don't know, but I think Tredavious White is probably the best player. That's gonna that's gonna change the landscape, if you will, um, at, around the trade deadline. Yeah, no, I mean, look, and I if you're 
if you're the Dolphins, you you desperately uh, you need that kick on defense because look, that's a high flying offense for sure, but uh, that's definitely a defense that's having a little bit of trouble. And they actually have one of the least healthy secondaries in the whole league, right? Like their their secondary uh, has been decimated by injuries. Right. Um, so if you can't right. put pressure on the quarterback, uh, I mean, I mean, good luck. So yeah, I, right. that, that's going to be interesting to see how that team holds up on the defensive end as the season moves on. Justin, who is the third best team in the AFC right now? I think we all agree the Bills and Chiefs are the two best teams. Who is the third third best team? Oh man, uh, I I think that's that's tough. I, I I think I think the Ravens are still in the conversation. Um, you know, I, I I'm gonna have to I'm gonna go with the Ravens. I think. Uh, I'll put the Ravens as the third best, and I'll say that uh, you know the Dolphins would kind of be uh, my honorable mention. Yep, I mean I think those are the two obvious picks. I agree with you. I'd go Ravens. I think the Ravens are going to be right up there with the Chiefs and the Bills by the end of this year, especially with um, acquiring um, linebacker from the Bears, Raquan Smith. Right, so that was a big feels a big need for them. I kind of like that Baltimore team to begin with. Um, now they go out, they get in Pro Bowl slash All Pro caliber linebacker to add to their defense, which I think will help um, with probably one of the biggest weaknesses on their team. I, I really feel like I, I, I would almost, I saw a prop bet today. Would you take the Bills, Eagles, and Chiefs to win the Super Bowl or the field? And the the Bills, Eagles, and Chiefs side is favored, minus 125. The field is plus 150. So if you're willing to bet the field to win the Super Bowl right now, you get plus 150. The Ravens were the first team that came to my mind when I saw that prop bet. I'm like, you know, the Ravens have, I think, when it's all said and done, I think they're going to have as good a chance as anyone um, to win in, in January. And, and I'll tell you right now, you put Lamar Jackson in Buffalo in the divisional round, Hey, you may not win, but don't tell him he can't win. You know, he. I think I think Lamar can go into any stadium in this league in any weather conditions that he might face and, and come away with a win. So um, I would also go with the Ravens on that. Justin, give me one team that collapses uh, right now that 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 looks like a good team, but you think is going to fall apart in the second half. Uh in the entire NFL. Yep. Um, I, I, I would say maybe the chargers. I think the, Char- okay. I think that's a team right now. I believe they're what four, four and three. Yeah. Uh, along, along the lines of that. I think they're, they're four and three. Um, and I think look, they're having health problems. Keenan Allen has a setback. Mike Williams is going to be out a few more weeks. Um, their, their defense has, has been hurt uh, with a bunch of injuries. I, I think that's a team that's going to trend in the wrong direction. That's a good pick. I'm going with the your your favorite team, the Minnesota Vikings. I know you love them, but I just don't think they're quite as good as they as they've looked. I think they've been kind of lucky. I still think they're going to make the playoffs <clears throat> because they they their schedule and 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 I'm not saying they're a bad team, but I don't think they're going to keep up the pace that they started the season off with. 6 and 1. I mean, I see them as like an 11 and 5, 11 and 6, 12 and 5 type team. Yeah, I I think they've definitely run a little bit hotter than 
what they truly are. But I mean, look, I think that I think it's a good team. I really do. They're they've got weapons, um, you know, on all sides of the ball. They have a good defense. Um, they have playmakers and uh, and and they have a decent quarterback. And I like their new young coach. Um, so I mean, look, they they may not be the best team in football, but. I, look, I, I I don't think that's a team that's gonna uh, fall apart too much. I think they do come back down to earth, right? Because I don't think they're a one you know a one loss, two loss team. Um, but I do think that's gonna be a respectable team, and I, I think they they wind up you know running away with the NFC North. So appropriate to this conversation, Justin, who are the elite teams in the NFC besides the Eagles? We know the Eagles right now. I think everyone will consider them elite. Win or lose tonight. Who besides the Eagles are, are elite? So look, I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you right now. I think the Eagles are gonna have an epic collapse in the playoffs. I don't even think they get to the Super Bowl, let alone uh, win the Super Bowl. So okay. that that that's just my feeling with them. Um, as far as other teams that, are well, I'm not even sure they're the best team in their division. To be honest, I mean they, they've got off to a fast start, and I like the Eagles. I think we both picked the Eagles to do well at the start of the year, and I think the Eagles are a good team, but. When Dak Prescott gets back and gets healthy, and that Dallas defense is so dominant, like you know, when it comes down to January, don't tell me Dallas can't go and beat Philadelphia. You know, Dallas one hundred percent can go in uh, and beat Philadelphia. I I think Dallas. You have to mention them as one of the other elite teams in the NFC. Um, look, if you just go division by division, you know, it, other than the Eagles in Dallas. Uh, out in the NFC West, I don't consider any of them elite, right? I think the 49ers are the best team in that division. I don't think they're elite by any means, right? We saw what happened in San Francisco when a team like Kansas City showed up, right? And they absolutely throttled them. Um, you know, you go to the NFC South, and we were just talking about it potentially being a sub-500 division winner. Uh, you go to the NFC North, you talk about how the Vikings are, you know, you know, quote unquote, a fraudulent team, or at least a team that's, you know, not as good as their record. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I think as far as elite teams, I think you'd have to say only the, the Eagles and Cowboys at this point. And what about your Vikings? You don't, you don't include those. I don't think, I don't think the Vikings are elite. I think the Vikings are a very good team. I th- I would put them in that next tier, that second tier of NFC okay. teams. I think the Eagles and the Cowboys sit alone in tier one. And then I think you got like, maybe three or four teams uh, in tier two that would include like the Vikings, the 49ers, um, maybe another team or two. Justin, Deshaun Watson, it was said this week, a news report that that he's going to come back and play as soon as he can in week 13, five weeks from now. Um, any chance the Browns are relevant in the uh, AFC with Watson coming back? Uh, I mean, look, they had a nice win the other night to get themselves to three and five. But you know, I if it was if it was reversed and they were five and three, I would say yeah, they could definitely be relevant. You know, if they could get Deshaun Watson back, hovering around five hundred, maybe slightly around uh, above five hundred. But look, this is a team that um, I think they they've dug themselves too deep a hole. They lost some pretty close uh, battles, you know, the first few weeks of the season and, um, a lot, like yeah, four, exactly. Like four. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and so I think they dug themselves into a hole that unfortunately, I don't think they're going to be able to overcome now. They could, they, they still be a very good team with Deshaun Watson and come out and win, you know, go on a little run to end the season. Absolutely. But, um, well, let me tell you what's going to kill them. Look at their schedule. Their next, their next four games at dolphins, at bills, Buccaneers at home, then they got the Texans, 
and then they go to the Bengals. So that's their next five games, right? Four of those five games are pretty hard to see, you know, tough games, right? And certainly, you know, at, at Miami, at Buffalo, it's hard to say Cleveland's going to really have much of a chance in either of those situations. So, you know, I, do I think they're going to be relevant in the AFC? No. Do I think Do I think that, you know, um, they could play spoiler? I don't know, maybe that. But if they had won a few of those games that they should have won, then, that then they, you know, they, they could be right in it, but unfortunately they dropped the ball and missed that opportunity. Justin, after the game on Monday night, are you sold 100% that Joe Barrow is an elite franchise quarterback? People talk about him right up there with the tip top of the league. Um, am I right to have a little bit of doubt about him maybe being at quite that level? Uh, look, I, I love Joe Burrow. I think he is a very good quarterback. Um, burns the ball over a lot. You know, I, he, he's, he has struggled with some turnovers. Look, if, 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 if we're going to talk about uh, quarterbacks that have been hindered by their, their play calling um, in, in their coaching, I, I think. And their offensive line. And their offensive line. Check, check, check. Ex- exactly. Yeah, you got to put uh, Joe Burrow's situation right up there at the top of the list. I mean, you know, they thought they addressed the offensive line in the offseason. Turned out they were wrong. It's still just as bad as ever. I mean, they have – you know, probably the three, the the best three uh, receivers in the league. When you look at uh, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. I mean, Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins could be wide receiver ones on almost any other. You know, T. Higgins could be wide receiver one on almost any other team in the NFL. Tyler Boyd could be a wide right. receiver one on fifty percent of them. You got a guy like Joe Mixon in the backfield, um, in who who is a, gr- a great receiving back. Um, and yet, this is an offense that likes to you know. To be slow tempo, run the ball first, more conservative play calling. And I, I can't, I, I have not been able to stand, you know, understand for the life of me why they don't play every game like they did when they went on the run in the playoffs last year. And that's drop back, utilize your skill players, utilize the weapons that you went out and you drafted uh, and let Joe Burrow throw it 40, 50 times to some of the best playmakers in the league. You know what I mean? Um so it, I, I think I think that's that's a, a tough situation right now that he's in. Yeah, I mean, I think I think this is going to be a little bit of a step back year for Cincinnati. Um, it's just kind of the way it looks like it's trending right now for them. Um, I, I, I like I like Barrow. I'm not disparaging. I, I think he's. I just think maybe he's more in that five to ten range than than top five range right now. It's just my my personal take on, on, on where he is. All right, Justin. I think we should wrap it up. You got any final thoughts, my man, before we before we say goodbye for the week? Uh, no. Just um, I got the game on in front of me. It's currently a fourteen fourteen ball game in Houston. Um, a few minutes into the third quarter, uh, gonna be very interesting. We just talked about the Eagles as potentially being elite. You know, could they pretend, uh, You know, could they get upset by Houston of all teams? Uh, we're gonna have to watch for that. So. Could I, could I say something crazy? Yeah. Just crazy. If you redrafted the 2021 quarterback class. Davis Mills is number two. He could be number one. Potentially. I mean, potentially. Who would you take ahead of him? I, the only argument would potentially be Mac, and that's that's up in the air. Like Mac, like It's hard to pick Mac ahead of him. It, I, I you know I'm the biggest Mac fan. Yeah. Going, Davis Mills is very consistent. He's <clears throat> accurate. He's got a good arm. He does not turn the ball over. That is something that I don't think it's talked about enough. Davis Mills is very good at not throwing interceptions and holding on to the ball and working with, yeah. uh, you know, 
one of the worst rosters in the league. So, yeah, keep an eye out on him. If they build a team around him, that could be uh, an, an interesting AFC competitor into the future. He looks he looks terrific tonight against a yeah. really good Philadelphia team. I know. Fans, you know? Yeah. And, and he looks crisp. And I'm like, man, I, I'm not sure I've seen Mac look this good since the middle of last season. Yeah. And just being honest, so so I I I don't know. You were, we're also reactive. We're obviously overreacting to the things we've seen over the last few weeks with Mac. And obviously Mills is trending up. Mac's trending down. Um, you know, Justin Fields is another name I hear a lot that people may take over Mac because Fields has played good the last two or three weeks. Mac really hasn't. Um, you know, but but yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, I feel like you could make an argument. That, that that you take Mills first or second. The one guy I wouldn't take first is Trevor Lawrence. I can tell you that. I think he's he's gonna fall into your talented loser category. I, I yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I, I and he he's a guy in that you you know you so accurately pointed out when we were watching that Lions game. Um he me and him just have an off base, you know, relationship. Any type of week I show confidence in him, he bites me in the ass. Any type of week I doubt him, he goes out there and plays well. I can't, I can't get a read in this guy. I can't figure it out. Well, even like you look at his statistics this year, and they haven't been terrible, but yet they're two and five. Right. And I'm looking. I'm think, it makes me think of your other talented loser, uh, Carson Wentz. Right. Yeah. Carson Wentz put up really good numbers in Indianapolis last year, yet somehow we still suck. I think he threw 27 touchdowns and eight interceptions. That's a th- over three to one touchdown and pick ratio. Yet, you know, when when you really need him to not turn the ball over, to make a big play, to not fumble, he he does all those things. Like when it really costs him, he doesn't win games. And 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 when I watch Lawrence play, and sometimes he makes amazing throws. Sometimes Carson Wentz makes amazing throws. I can watch Carson Wentz and see why he was taken as a high draft pick. Guy's got arm talent. He throws the ball amazing. He sucks as a quarterback. Kind of feel the same vibe from Trevor Lawrence. So I, I you know, if I was drafting, he's one guy I, I really wouldn't touch with a ten foot pole. I, I think about looking at that class, the only three guys I'd, I'd consider taking right now would be obviously Mac Jones, even though things are very much up in the air. Davis Mills and, and Justin Fields. I, I don't. I wouldn't touch Wilson. I wouldn't touch Trey Lance, and I wouldn't touch Trevor Lawrence. No, and, uh, and and Trevor's got a showdown this week with current talented loser uh, Derek Carr. So we'll see if there's a passing yeah. of the torch. Yes, yeah, the talented uh, loser bowl. Yeah, 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 exactly. Just a just, just a as many inopportune plays at inopportune times as as you can imagine coming up it, in, uh, this week. So exactly, it'll be a struggle. It'll be it'll be it'll be the first game that somehow both teams lose. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's watch. It's probably gonna end up in like a tie in overtime. Both teams missing field goals to win, and and that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just got that vibe to it, that stink. Well, all right. Well, that's all the time we have. We'll we'll talk about the Raiders. Let's save that as a topic for for next time because we didn't even talk about that nightmare. But we'll see how they do uh, in the talented loser bowl this week. And and I think next week we can we should definitely talk about Josh McDaniels and the Raiders and, and what his future is in Oakland because that's definitely a good topic. All right, man. Yeah, let's uh, let's do it, and uh, yeah, hopefully we get a nice Patriots win this weekend. Um, not a gimme, but uh, hopefully we see. Yeah, they need happens. to win this one. Yeah. They need to win this one. You look at their schedule. You can't you can't be four and five. You got to be five and four. Hey, look, if they after all the BS and everything that's gone wrong this year, you go into your bye week five and four. I feel like you got to feel pretty good about that. You know, they they're gonna have to step it up and 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 and, and win some games against tougher teams coming up. But but if you're five and four halfway through the season, 
with everything that's gone wrong, I, I think that's that's not a terrible place to be. I'll take it after a one and three start. Agreed. And plus, the bye week's just going to seem so much longer when you go into a loss. So, yeah, let's, yep. get, let's get a win for everybody. Let's get this one wrapped up and then we'll take it from there. All right, my friend, that's all the time we have. I want to thank everyone that listened. Have a great week. Hope y'all enjoyed the Dr. Football Podcast. Well, enjoy the game this weekend. Stay safe. We'll catch you next week. Peace.